0: The Lord be with you.
1: And, and with your spirit.
0: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory, Glory to you O the word. Jesus came down with the 12 and stood on a stretch of level ground with a great crowd of his disciples and a large number of the people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the coastal region of Tyre and Sidon. And raising his eyes toward his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is yours. Blessed are you who are now hungry, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who are now weeping, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude and insult you, and denounce your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice and leap for joy on that day. Behold, your reward will be great in heaven. For their ancestor treated the prophets in the same way. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are filled now, for you will be hungry Woe to you who laugh now, for you will grieve and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for their ancestors treated the false prophets in this way. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Whenever I hear the Beatitudes proclaimed in the gospel, it always reminds me of one of the classes that I taught years ago um, with the First Communion kids, with the students at First Communion. It was their first day of class for First Communion, and uh, I asked the students, why are you here and you know with the second graders before you even finish the question they are all already raising their hands and uh, so eager to answer the question and uh, so i asked a couple of kids to give answers and they answered we're here for first communion we're here to learn about god Oh, I'm here because my mom said so. (laughs) And there was this little boy at the very front of the room, and uh, I was right next to him, and uh, he was so silent, and I asked, So why are you here? And then he said, Because I want to be in heaven. And that was really a very profound, and uh, for me it sums up the very reason why we're here in the first place, and why we even embrace the path of discipleship. And we always hear this, you know, a church, probably have read spiritual books, that the whole Christian project is all about getting to heaven one day, but heaven starts right here. But how do we get there? You know, how do we get there? Scripture scholars refers refer to the beatitude as our navigation guide to eternal life there's always been this impression which is a a good one and a right one that the ten commandments is really our guide to to a good moral life uh, to a profound relationship with god and that's true in the old testament But Christ in the New Testament inaugurated a new law, and that is the commandments. And and these are the Beatitudes. I'm not saying that the Beatitudes supplant the commandments, but rather the Beatitudes are actually extensions of our understanding of commandments. But at the same time, it elevates our relationship with God in a different level. Why do I say that? You know, I've, I've been raised, when I was a child, uh, in catechism with Baltimore catechism. I think most of you are familiar with that, and uh, that's just the way my mind kind of was wired when I was a kid. You know, you memorize so many things. Um, why did God create you? I just have that short answer all the time from the Baltimore catechism. It's wonderful, and even in my own spirituality, at some point, i I've, um, I've actually uh, brought that um, early on when I was a kid. My pastor in my hometown, whenever I go to confession with him, and I, and I would say, f- for example, I, take, I took the Lord's name in vain, he would always ask, how many times? And, you know, it's like, even though I don't really remember, I would come up with a number, <laughs> you know, six times. So that's just like, You know, the way I was raised. So, the commandments is concerned about the externalities. And there's nothing wrong about that. You know, because it gives us also that very precise and uh, um, a great, a good sense of where we are at in our own spiritual life. In our own moral life. But the Beatitudes are different. It talks more about our being with god because you can't really quantify how much poverty in spirit do you have (laughs) you can't really quantify how much meekness you have (laughs) you can't really quantify how much hunger you have with god you can't really quantify you know the extent of of our own experience of being persecuted on account of the son of man it The the Beatitudes speaks of the inner workings of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And it elevates that relationships more than just compliance to certain rubrics or rules. That is why Jesus inaugurated the Beatitudes as a pathway, as our navigation to a deeper relationship with God. But the values of the Beatitudes, the values of the kingdom are hardly, are hardly values that one can easily embrace. You know, poverty, hunger, meekness, which is sometimes, you know, some people think of meekness as being foolish, you know, that not, not having a backbone. <laughs> um, being persecuted, being excluded, those are not values that the world embraces. In fact, people stay away from those things. No wonder the kingdom of God is not very popular at times to so many people. But God's ways are so different from our human values. But remember, Um, a a couple of years ago when I was talking about the Beatitudes with the Confirmation class, it was a very good discussion, and one of the students raised her hand, and then she said, Father, I I truly understand what the Beatitudes are, but don't you think they are a little bit like a masochist? You know, it seems that we like suffering. (laughs) You know, that's masochism, right? It seems like we're like suffering. We're not supposed to truly really be joyful all, all the time. Then I said, well, that's true, but it's missing the point. What is, what is the idea behind all of this? Like, f- for example, blessed are the poor. In, in, the, in the other translation, blessed are the poor in spirit, it tells us that Hopefully, when we experience one form of poverty or another, that we realize our dependence on God and not our dependence on ourselves and on other people. That when we realize our need, our ultimate need, the profound need that we experience in our own lives, that ultimately we come to a point of realization that ultimately it is only God who can fill the deepest longings and hungers of our lives and the poor here does not just refer to the materially poor we are poor in one way or another we experience one form of poverty or another it can be poverty from love poverty from being accepted Poverty from you know poverty of attention, poverty of respect. What kind of poverty are you experiencing at this point in your life right now? And where do you think you can fill that poverty with, with the richness with the riches that you want? Hunger. It's not just being hungry for food or nourishment. We experience different forms of hunger in our own lives. How about, how about this? Blessed are you who are now weeping for you will laugh. It's not just about grieving because we've lost a person that we love. It's not just grieving because some, someone that we love passed away. But also actually the grieving part here the weeping is weeping because the good that is supposed to happen in the world is not happening and do i grieve with that you know the loss of sin sometimes is so is so so normal now you know um somebody asked me one time father are you still surprised by anything, and I said, why? Well, you probably heard everything in the confessional, you know, sin, you know, it's like, is there anything that surprised you? And I said, oh yeah, of course, there are still many things that surprise me, but her point actually was sometimes things are so Bad things sometimes are even like vile language in television or whatever. Sometimes becomes just so normal that we're no longer we're no longer shocked. We're no longer shocked by the gravity of of evil at times. There's no longer that experience of weeping. You know, because one has become so desensitized is that how you how you use that word or has become so accustomed to it that it's no longer shocking because our hearts have been hardened already how about the last one here blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude and insult you i don't want to be hated I tell you, I don't want to be excluded. I don't want to be insulted. One of the very first things that you know—it's so hard early on when you're starting ministry. You know, when I was in my first—I don't know—two to three years—is probably you know, at least with me, I think it's true to most people who are in ministry. It's like you really want people to like you. <laughs> And sometimes just even a little bit of criticism is like it ruffles you. But now in my 12 year, I'm like, i don't care. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> is like, okay, fine, whatever. No. But, you know, that, that sense of, of compromising, of compromising because I don't want to be ridiculed. A few days ago... No, not a few days ago. Two days. Well, two two days. Two. It's a few days. Two days ago, I went out uh, with some of my uh, friends uh, for dinner. I think we're like six or seven, and we were seated in this at the back uh, at the back part of the restaurant. There was a long table. and There was another table right next to us, and uh, we were seated first, and then they arrived. It's a family family of four and uh, one was a teenager and the other one was probably in grade school and with their parents and uh, when their food was served um, the dad I overheard the dad said to, to the eldest it's like why don't you lead the prayer and they were Catholics you know they were Catholics so they were leading a prayer and uh, oh my I was so surprised you know the, the teenager led a prayer in a loud voice. I could hear every word. And I know that other people were also listening, and, uh, and when they said amen, it was a loud amen, and you all just look at them, and it's like, oh, amen. Um, it's amazing, you know, it's edifying. When that thing is no longer common. <laughs> Because sometimes it becomes so awkward, you know. At least with some people said, "Oh, you know." I, sometimes even with adults, uh, when the time comes, uh, and, and when there is a priest, they always tell the priest, "Hey, why don't you lead a prayer, Father?" But how comfortable are we in witnessing to the gospel, or do we compromise? Looking at the list of the Beatitudes here and the values of the kingdom of God, and I was doing this last night for my own spiritual reflection. What values here do I need to work on better because they are not so solid in my life right now? Ultimately, ultimately, the call to Beatitudes is a call to a more intimate relationship with God. Why do I say that? Because if you look at even the first one, blessed are the poor, Christ embraced ultimate poverty when he left the comforts of heaven to be like us, to assume our humanity is the greatest form of poverty. It's the greatest form of poverty and he tells us that in that poverty it's nothing wrong with that there is redemption <laughs> hunger well physically christ experienced hunger but he also experience that hunger for our love for our devotion for our faithfulness for our courage and strength in face of persecution Talking about weeping, you know, he wept <laughs> on the gravity of the sins of humanity. And talking about being excluded, being mocked, being insulted, and eventually being put to death. So if we look at all of these things that the Beatitudes proclaim, they find their ultimate expression in the person of Jesus. So when we say that we are being called to Beatitudes, we are being called to a deeper imitation of the very person of Jesus. That's what it is in the end. That's what it is. So, my dear friends, reflecting on this, may we see the Beatitudes not just one of those prescriptions, but truly an invitation to a deeper and fuller life with God. Do you want your life to be full? I don't know. I want my life to be full, it's not full yet. I'm still working on it because my imitation of Christ is still very much imperfect. But we're provided and we're given the structure of life. It's so wonderful because God never lives us by our own, on, on our own, by ourselves. The Beatitudes is there for our ultimate flourishing with Him.